You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for December 13th, 2020, the third Sunday of Advent. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on this week's Advent theme of joy. A lot of people say this year, just need a little music, need a little laughter, need a little singing. I've been feeling these things myself many times a day for months now, which lately reminds me of Johnny Mathis's classic Christmas tune, We Need a Little Christmas, which I've never really taken that seriously with its slicing up the fruitcake and its snappy happy ever after. But this year, as I stream Christmas playlists from my Spotify account, I can hear this sappy crooner with new ears. For it turns out I have grown a little leaner, grown a little colder, grown a little sadder, grown a little older, and I do need a little angel sitting on my shoulder. And if you're like me, you too need a little Christmas right this very minute. So it's a happy thing to me that we get to light the rose candle in our Advent wreaths today, this third Sunday of Advent. I've never fully appreciated this season's midway point like I do this year, this day the church calls Gaudete or Rejoice Sunday. The brightening of the candle from purple to rose is a timely and joyful reminder that the brightest light is just over the horizon. Our rose candle gives us a growing glimmer in the dark of these shortest days and longest nights before the dawning of the full Christmas light. Also, as we might expect, all of our readings point to us, point us to joy today. And every one of them comes from a voice in a wilderness crying. The prophet Isaiah to exiles in Babylon proclaims good news to the oppressed and the brokenhearted, liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. The psalmist's hope-filled song, possibly composed for those same exiles, cries out that those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. And there's the Apostle Paul's earliest letter, written to the persecuted Jesus-following Thessalonians, where he gives them fail-proof instructions for life in hard times. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Even John the Baptist, that best-known Advent voice in the wilderness crying, even his message points to joy. The light is coming, he says. Make straight the way. The mark of a lived faith has always been an abiding joy, a deep joy that bears us up even and especially in times of sorrow or suffering. John the Baptist's listeners would not have bothered to trek all the way out there to the wilderness to see this desert prophet if they hadn't been driven to it by the misery and oppression they were suffering in the first century. They needed a little Christmas the same way we do and the same way people in every generation come to need the light of the world to break into their lives. Sorrow and joy, strange bedfellows, but known to every human being who lives long enough to know that they are both part of being alive. The mercy of God is that God does not leave empty the hollowed holes left by our suffering. The mystical poet Khalil Gibran somehow gets this when he writes on joy and sorrow. 
The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven? And is not the lute that soothes your spirit the very wood that was hollowed with knives? It took me a while to understand this poem. I don't like the idea that sorrow creates your capacity for joy. I don't know if I completely believe that. But I have come to know that when I have felt sorrow, I have found joy to be all the more essential. Joy is not the reward for sorrow, and nor is it ever the end of our sorrow. One doesn't cancel out the other. They are inseparable. As Gibran puts it, together they come, and when one sits alone with you at your board, remember that the other is asleep upon your bed. Joy and sorrow are inseparable. We cannot be alive and avoid suffering. But sometimes we don't realize it when we are actually avoiding joy. The power of pain is that it can bury us in itself. We can find that hardship is overwhelming and disarming to the point we forget that joy is always there, somewhere, often just over the horizon, not quite in view. And while joy can't always end our sorrow, it is always ours to have, even in the middle of our sorrow. This is the joy and the light that Jesus embodies, the joy and the light that glimmers for us in the dark of our lives, and the joy and the light that overcomes all kinds of darkness and has the final word. John the Baptist came to testify to this light, he himself was not the light, but he came to bear witness to it and to tell others about it there in the middle of a wilderness. And to us, in whatever wilderness we might each be experiencing, be it pandemic fatigue or the stress of material hardship or the maw of loss or loneliness, the voice of joy comes crying to us too to make straight the path for the light to come. The voice of joy comes to guide us no matter what hell we are facing. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Because the good tidings of great joy the angels sing about on Christmas is the joy that is available to us throughout the year. Sometimes with these iconic scenes of John the Baptist and angels singing to shepherds, we think we're supposed to look for some explosive light to fill the sky, some outward and all-encompassing light to fill the actual earth. But the reality is, the light of Christ came into the world in total obscurity, in a corner stall of a lost barn, in a dusty off-grid town in the Middle Eastern desert. Almost no one knew about it, just a few souls. And Jesus lived a short life and his disciples at the end were few. And the light they experienced did not fill the sky. Turns out, the light that was coming into the world was an inner light, a light that enlightens everyone, and the darkness does not overcome it, as this same Gospel of John says in the verses that we skip over today in our Advent lectionary. The world today is no more and no less corrupt than it was in the first century. The light that came into the world did not change the world, but it sure as the sun is bright, changed the hearts of those who could see it. 
and it changed the way that they lived in the world. And the same goes for us. We in the church, carrying on the legacy of John the Baptist, we are called to testify to the light, to proclaim joy to the world, not only with our words, but in our lives. And this light of the world that we proclaim and live out doesn't come to us from the outside. It comes to us from the inside. This is the joy that defines our lives as followers of Jesus. The light of the world comes to every single one of us in the midst of whatever wilderness and whatever sorrow we go through at any given time. The light of the world may not change the world we're living in, but when we receive it, it changes everything for us and gives us the courage to carry on. Rejoice, rejoice, we have no choice but to carry on, as those heralds, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young sang. To receive the light of the world and to rejoice always can change the way we see the world. It can change the way we relate to our suffering and to our sorrow and strengthen us to live through and overcome whatever comes our way. It is for this reason that we can rejoice always. We can pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances because that light is lit inside of us and that is our joy. That is the little Christmas we need right this very minute, this third Sunday in Advent and every minute of the year. Light your Advent candle this day. Rejoice and carry on. Amen. Find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.